On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla held its quarterly earnings call for Q3, and the news is all good. I've got all the big announcements as well as analysis, clips from Elon Musk and the Tesla executive team, some notable updates to Model 3, and more. Stay tuned. What's happening, my friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. And we are here for Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for October 27th, 2019, episode 221. What a big week in the world of Tesla that it was. What a a big week it was for me personally doing this last week. I was so grateful to get to sit down and interview Franz von Holzhausen, the chief designer of Tesla. Thank you all so much for your kind words about the interview. That that was on my Tesla bucket list. It was interview Franz. I've, I've uh, I can now say it's just so cool. Like I got to sit down with the person primarily responsible for designing my car, and that's I've never been able to do that with with any car I've ever owned before. So that was super fun. And hey, by the way, if last week happened to be your first episode and you're giving this podcast another try, thank you very much for coming back, and I hope you enjoy it. This this week's episode will be another big one, not as far as uh, celebrity star power, but in terms of the week of Tesla news, it's uh, it's been a massive uh, week of news, pretty well all related to the earnings call, the Q3 results, it was all good. Tesla's profitable. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But just one more quick note on the Franz interview. You know, I'm not I'm not sure if it quite came through in the background, but there was some major construction going on at the design studio in Los Angeles. Uh, I was really worried sitting in the lobby as I was waiting for Franz. I was like, boy, it's it is really loud, just banging and hammering and all kinds of stuff going on. You know, I the thought did occur to me. Uh, by the way, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. If it sounded like they were building infrastructure, not necessarily like hammering away on a vehicle. Though I guess I'm not entirely sure what the construction of a vehicle might sound like. But yeah, the thought did occur to me while I was there that the Cybertruck, as the internet and now Tesla themselves has come to call it, was probably no more than a hundred feet away from me, maybe less as I sat there and and interviewed Franz. And everybody wants to see that thing. It was just lurking back there, somewhere behind the walls that I couldn't see through or or get past. But uh, you're going to hear some more about the Cybertruck from the earnings call. I've got clips of that. But first, I've got some news I just want to catch you up on really uh, quickly from the week before when I was in L.A. with Franz. Just a couple things that were of significant uh, news enough that I don't want to let them go by without mentioning them. And uh, they were some big adjustments to the Model 3 design studio. And no, not not Franz's physical one, the construction I was talking about, I guess that too, but the online one where you order your car. So the standard range plus Model 3 is now being rated at 250 miles of range up from the 240 it had been. Now, uh, I I thought 
well, this is probably pretty unlikely to have any hardware differences, either in the pack itself or the drivetrain. You know, the Model 3 is, is just all about cost efficiency for Tesla. So unless they've got some crazy new drivetrain component that's also cheaper to manufacture, which wouldn't be an impossibility, my suspicion was that the range increase is probably due to uh, either some other efficiency or data that they've seen in volume enough from the standard range plus fleet since those cars started rolling out this past March. And that seemed Tesla decided, well, I think we can now comfortably call this 250 miles. I mean, that wouldn't be unlike how they adjusted the rear wheel drive long range cars to 325 miles after initially calling them 310. And sure enough, I wrote this note before the earnings call on which it was confirmed that it is indeed software. So stay tuned to hear more about that, but that was definitely a big, big piece of news for current and future Standard Range Plus customers. Uh, now, as part of that, or at least alongside that, the price of the Standard Range Plus did go up by a little bit, by $500, as well as the solid black paint option that used to be the default now the one-time $2,000 pearl white multi-coat is the default uh, color that you don't have to pay any extra for. So solid black went from free to $750, and now it is $1,000 if you'd like a black Model 3. But what is perhaps more interesting here to me is the change to the order process. Instead of putting down a fully refundable $2,500 order deposit, Tesla will instead now charge a non-refundable $100 order deposit. Presumably, this means that for people that decide to change their minds, either before delivery or in those first seven days or 1,000 miles after delivery, that Tesla will get a little something for their trouble rather than just get handed back to them a gently used or undelivered car that they may have to sell at a discount. So that was another key piece of news. And then finally, for the Performance Model 3, dark gray wheels, dark gray 20-inch sport wheels are now the default and, in fact, the only choice if you are ordering a Performance Model 3 rather than the silver color that, that all the P3Ds up until now, the P3D Pluses up until now, including mine, all have. So again, you cannot choose silver, though it is worth noting that silver is available for purchase in the Tesla online store, as it has been for some time. For instance, if you have a, uh, if you, if you don't have a Performance Model 3, and, or I guess if you do, if you have the, the P3D minus, uh, if you have, you know, a Tesla with 18 or 19 inch, you could still purchase the 20s. But uh, the dark, these new dark gray wheels are currently not available to buy separately, though I do suspect that will probably change sooner rather than later. Now, a quick aside on this, I am very fortunate living here in the Bay Area. I see trucks, car carriers heading north on Highway 101 towards the shipping port in San Francisco all the time. Trucks loaded, car carriers loaded with Teslas. It's just a regular occurrence here as cars go off to China as well as Europe. And I have to tell you that right before I left for Los Angeles last week, I saw a car carrier loaded with Model 3s 
go by me. Uh, and again, it's common enough where I, I don't even stare anymore. I'll ta- I always take notice, but I just caught it out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, wait a minute. Did I just see a white Model 3 with what looked like dark wheels that weren't the the 18-inch arrows? And I, you know, I just kind of had to had to second guess myself. I was like, well, how could that be? And uh, this was so this was before this announcement had happened. So sure enough, because uh, I, I was like, well, was it just a Model S? Well, now I know that my brain's first reaction was the correct one. Good job, brain. I, I guess I really do know my Teslas pretty well. Now, as far as this color change itself, I know wheel color is divisive, just like paint color is. It's very subjective. I am personally super happy with my silver wheels. I think the red brake calipers on the performance car really pop nicely from behind those silver wheels. But I will say, if I had been given the choice when I had purchased my car, I probably would have opted for these dark gray ones because... In my humble opinion, again, for me, because this is totally subjective, I really think they make the performance car look a lot more aggressive, especially with the multi-coat red paint, which is what color my car is. But anyway, uh, one final note here. These wheels, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is correct. I racked my brain thinking about this. I believe that these wheels are the first new hardware change to the Model 3, period. As far as, you know, since the, since the introduction of the, the, two, the variants, you know, the, the dual motor and the dual motor performance. But as far as a new aesthetic thing, I think this is the first new thing because we did see the silver metallic paint get taken away, but I believe this is the first new thing that's been added as far as a, a, an aesthetic hardware thing. So over two years into production, officially. That, that is, by the way, an eternity in Tesla time. All right, let's get to the earnings call. I've got uh, over a dozen clips lined up for you from that. But first, let me just do my Alloy Gator sponsorship message real quick, and then I will be right back with the highlights and analysis from the Q3 earnings call. This week, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by Alloy Gator. Check them out at AlloyGatorUSA.com. Alloy Gator is the number one way to protect your beautiful Tesla wheels from nasty curb rash incidents. Alloy Gator comes in a variety of colors, so if you want to get something that blends in with your wheels, you can do that. Or if you want to add a little extra personality to your car, you can choose from 14 other colors to really make your wheels pop. Having Alloy Gator professionally installed is highly recommended, so to learn more and find an installer near you, visit AlloyGatorUSA.com. Oh, and by the way, Alloy Gator is currently running a special promotion for product installed at an authorized dealer. Go to AlloyGatorUSA.com and use the promo code RTL20, and Ride the Lightning listeners will get a further 20% off of your order. Thank you, Alloy Gator. Tesla's Q3 earnings was all good news for everyone except anybody that uh, was shorting Tesla and betting against Tesla. If if you are a Tesla fan, if you are a Tesla shareholder, if you are both, it is a good, good week for you. It was just tremendous. Tesla stock uh, roared over $50 
northward after hours. And then the next day, it ended up going up about a little over $40 during during the next day's trading, and then another uh, $28 on Friday, bringing it up to $328.13 at the close of the week. And uh, that is on the back of Tesla being profitable in Q3. $261 million of gap operating income on a 4.1% operating margin. $143 million of gap net income. $342 million non-gap net income on the back of record vehicle production. 96,000 cars produced, 97,000 delivered, which we had already known from uh, those numbers being announced at the end of the week. So just great news all around, but it wasn't just about the profitability. There was other excellent news. Let's hear about that and a kind of a recap of Q3 from Elon Musk's opening statement from the earnings call. Take a listen to this. Um, First of all, I'd like to just thank the Tesla team for an incredible job this quarter. The execution was outstanding. And, um, on, on just about every front, so um, it's uh, just an honor to work with such a great uh, team. Uh, Q, Q, Q3 was uh, obviously a very strong quarter. We had record deliveries. Uh, we were able to uh, make great strides in controlling our costs. Uh, we shifted back to gap profitability while also generating strong free cash flow. Um, and again, this would not be possible without um, each uh, employee doing their part to reduce cost. Our operating cost is now at the lowest level since Model 3 production started. Uh, regarding Gigafactory Shanghai, this month we started trial production at um, Giga Shanghai and have built uh, four vehicles from uh, body to paint to general assembly. Uh, so this is a, I want to emphasize, this is a, a real factory with a tremendous amount of equipment in it. Um, while a lot of people see the, the outside shell of the factory, which is enormous um, and was essentially uh, underwater, uh, in January, it was uh, below the water table, literally. Um, what what is I think much more significant is that we're able to install uh, massive stamping machines, uh, a fully operational paint shop, and and a sophisticated general assembly line uh, in the same period of time in, in parallel with building the building. Um, I'd like to thank our China team for this extraordinary achievement. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not aware of any any factory. Of, of this magnitude in history being uh, constructed in such a short period of time, uh, approximately 10 months. Um, best, as far as I know, this is unprecedented. Um, and, and Gigafactory Shanghai will become our template for future growth. Um, we're planning to build Model Ys in Shanghai as well, of course, um, and to build a Gigafactory in Europe. And we hope to announce uh, the location of that Gigafactory. In fact, we will announce the location of that Gigafactory before the end of this year. Uh, regarding Model Y, uh, we're also ahead of schedule on Model Y preparations in Fremont, uh, and we've moved the launch timeline from fall 2020 to summer 2020. Um, but there may be some room for improvement there, but we're confident about uh, summer 2020. Uh, I've actually recently driven the Model Y um, release candidate and think it's going to be an amazing product and be, be very well received. I think it's quite likely to I, I might, this is just my opinion, but I, I think it will outsell S, X, and 3 combined. Um, re- regarding version 10 and Smart Summon, last month we re- released our latest uh, software, version 10, which includes video streaming, games, 
uh, karaoke, Spotify, and, and uh, a host of other new features and improvements. Uh, most importantly, it includes uh, the first version of Smart Summon, which has now been used uh, uh, a million times. Uh, so it's now over a million uses of Smart Summon. Um, and we're, in the next uh, week or so, we will be releasing an improved version of Smart Summon, taking into account all the data from those million Smart Summon attempts. So it's, um, this really illustrates the value of having uh, a, a massive fleet um, because it allows us to collect the, these corner cases um, and uh, learn from them and use fleet learning and become uh, rapidly better, just as Navigator and Autopilot did on the freeway. So we ex expect a, um, a number of improvements in Smart Summon in, in, the, in the weeks to come. Um, and this is really just the beginning as we collect more data and autopilot and full self-driving functionality get, get better. Um, I, 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 I do, while it's going to be tight, I, it, it still does appear that uh, we will be, at least in limited in, in uh, early access release of a feature complete full self-driving feature this year. Um, so it's not, it's not for sure, but it, it appears to be on track for at least an early access release of a fully functional full self-driving by the end of this year. Um, and um, yeah, lastly, we're, we're highly focused on decisions that really make a material difference to the company, uh, such as opening um, gigafactories in uh, other continents. Uh, you know, it's, it's worth noting that these, you know, ultimately having three gigafactories effectively will triple our, our output, and then when you consider uh, increased output per gigafactory, it's going to actually more than triple uh, our output over time. Um, and then uh, there are a lot of interesting things happening with respect to advanced batteries and more efficient powertrains um, and pulse of driving and all that sort of stuff, but uh, that will be something for a future time. Um, and then one, one last item is that uh, tomorrow afternoon um, we'll be uh, releasing version three of the Tesla Solar Roof. That's the integrated solar with it, where solar uh, the solar panels are integrated with the roof. Um, so that's um, I, I think this is a great, a great a great product. Version version one and two we're still sort of figuring things out. Version three I think is finally ready for for the for the big time. Um, and so we're scaling, scaling up production of the version three uh, solar tile roof uh, at our Buffalo Gigafactory. And we, I think this product is gonna be incredible. But we'll talk more about that on the official product launch, which will be tomorrow afternoon. A lot to unpack from Elon there. Let me give you my analysis. So with the timeline on the full self-driving features pushed back, uh, instead of the full self-driving city features rolling out to everyone by the end of the year, they might roll out to the early access testers, which that's okay, by the way. I have no problem with that. I presume that means that the full self-driving computer upgrades that a lot of us are going to be getting in our hardware 2 and hardware 2.5 cars, that might get pushed back a bit too. I know Elon had been saying later this year, towards the end of the year for those upgrades. So I would kindly advise, be patient. I'm sure Tesla will get to it when they are ready and when they are uh, kind of in a place where the software is, is going to be ready. So it could be a little bit of a pushback, a little bit of a delay 
on that. I mean, we are in late October, after all, and the fact that nobody that I'm seeing online in the community is getting scheduled for them yet is probably pretty telling. Now, speaking of late October, it seems then that we've got T-minus two months or less until the Gigafactory 4 site is announced out of Europe, as you heard Elon mention in his opening remarks there. My money is still on Germany, but we shall see there. As for Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai, boy, we've been seeing that play out in real time on Twitter, meaning the, the construction of it, the progress of it. It is so great to hear officially that it's ahead of schedule and that production is about to begin on customer cars. They're in the trial production now. Uh, you'll, in fact, hear a little bit about that later on uh, in the earnings call and a, a clip from that, that volume production, volume production, meaning in, in sufficient, you know, in, in measurable big quantities should happen in a few months. Just incredible progress on what is such a key piece of Tesla's future on both a global and just overall company basis. And, and how about that smart summon note? A million uses of it already. I confess I'm only good for one of those uses so far. I'll be honest, I just haven't had a chance really to play with it much living here in uh, you know pretty tight-quartered San Francisco, and I was away for a lot of last week. But very cool, a million use, uh, uses, and, and now there's an improved version already rolling out in a few weeks. And then finally, the big news for those of you with Model Y reservations, production uh, timing has been moved up, has been moved forward. To my knowledge, and I've been studying this company since before the Model S was, uh, was underway, this is the first time that that's ever happened in the history of Tesla so far. The original Roadster, of course, the company's very first product, delayed, understandably so. The Model S took a, a great while. Uh, there was, what, four plus years between the unveiling of the prototype and the first customer deliveries. The Model X, very similar thing. If you're not aware, the Model X prototype, the Model X was unveiled in early 2012 before the Model S had even gone into production. Uh, and if you're ever curious, you can Google image search the Model X prototype to see what it looked like. That was, that was the first Tesla prototype to not have any side view mirrors on it. Tesla was hoping even back then that they would be able to get away with shipping a car, like legally, regulatory-wise, get away with shipping a car that had cameras for, for side view uh, uh, instead, of, instead of actual mirrors on there, and obviously that did not happen. So that's the X. The Model 3, I mean, I guess the Model 3 was technically ahead of schedule, but for all intents and purposes, it more or less ended up being, I would say, on schedule. The next-gen Roadster, that's been pushed back. Um, I guess it, we haven't gotten official, official confirmation, but it is. But Model Y, here we go. The Model Y, which is a crucial vehicle to the financial success. You heard Franz talk about it in my interview with him last week. The Model Y is so critical to the financial health and future of Tesla, and it is ahead 
of schedule. And that is, again, I'm using the words, I'm using just some lovely uh, superlatives this week, fantastic and tremendous and awesome. And for good reason. I mean, it's, this is the time to break out those words because it was just such a great, a great earnings report for Tesla. But just great news, fantastic news for Tesla enthusiasts. And again, Tesla shareholders. I know I, I don't track and follow and, and admittedly even know a lot about stocks and investing. But, you know, it, it was a big part of the story this week. So, yeah, Tesla enthusiasts, Tesla shareholders, and most importantly, that Model Y news was huge. For those of you who are Model Y order holders, no, not reservation holders, you are order holders. So just great news for all of you out there. And, uh, you know, that's that's all good. That's So that was a, a fun opening statement from Elon there. Let's hear a little bit from Tesla's chief financial officer, Zach Kirkhorn. Q3 was a great quarter for Tesla. I know many employees are listening right now, and I want to thank you for your passion and your hard work. We've made terrific progress, and yet again, we realized margin improvements in nearly every aspect of the business. There are three key points I'd like to highlight. First, we returned to profitability in Q3, aided by improved gross profit, reduced operating expenses, and the absence of negative one-time items that weighed on our financials in the first half of the year. Gap Automotive gross margin improved sequentially to 22.8% and over 20% excluding regulatory credits. We achieved these improvements through higher production volumes on SX and Model 3, enabling better fixed cost absorption. We realized improvements in labor hours per vehicle as well as other costs such as warehousing, logistics, delivery, and import-related items. We are also making continued progress reducing costs, including commercial negotiations with suppliers. Model S and X ASPs increased, even accounting for revenue deferrals related to free unlimited supercharging. And Model 3 ASPs declined slightly, driven by mix in Asia, pricing action, and EMEA. North American ASPs held flat as mix improved, offsetting pricing action we took at the start of the quarter, which is great to see. Note that with the release of Smart Summon in the U.S., we were able to recognize $30 million of deferred revenue. As we expand Smart Summon to additional markets and release new features, we'll continue to recognize additional deferred revenue. Our services and other loss reduced yet again, reflecting our focus to improve the efficiency of this area of the business. And we further reduced operating expenses despite increased orders, deliveries, and new programs in development. Uh, and finally, on net income, in other income, we saw benefits from foreign exchange, which as I mentioned last quarter, we don't hedge. Uh, the second key point I want to highlight is that we demonstrated another quarter of strong free cash flows despite a significant increase in our captive leasing mix and a sequential increase in CapEx spend. This has enabled year-to-date positive free cash flows for the company. Our cash balance increased by approximately the same amount as our free cash flows, and we exited the quarter with our highest quarter-ending cash balance ever of just over $5.3 billion. Specifically on captive leases, we've received a number of questions on how these are funded. We use our leasing warehouse and ABS sales to allow for captive leases without material use of cash. Uh, What's important to note here is that our warehouse and ABS flow through financing cash flow, and as a result, leases negatively impact free cash flow. This impact was material in Q3 as the lease rate increased substantially by 50%. In addition, CapEx spend increased, driven primarily by Gigafactory Shanghai and Model Y spending. 
We've received a number of questions on why our capital spending appears low compared to prior levels, even though there are multiple new projects launching and in development. As we noted in the shareholder letter this quarter and last quarter, this is because we've made great progress on improving our capital efficiency. Uh, my third and final point is around demand and growth. Our global order rate remains strong and continues to increase. Despite increases to production levels, our order backlog has been growing. And quarter-to-date orders are significantly higher than at this point in, uh, in last quarter. In the immediate term, we're focused on increasing production of Model 3 and SNX as quickly as we can. The bulk of this work involves continued optimization of existing equipment. We've also made targeted adjustments to pricing to better balance supply and demand. Our pace of execution on new factories and capacity expansion has increased significantly. As Elon mentioned, the first phase of Gigafactory Shanghai is already production ready, and we've been able to pull in the timeline for other major projects. Overall, we are quickly turning the corner for our next phase of growth, and our financial health continues to strengthen. We remain focused on reducing cost, which enables rapid investments in future programs and growth. Two key points that I want to highlight from Zach there. Number one, the $30 million of deferred revenue that was recognized due to the smart summon release. And number two, the order backlog growing despite production going up. So there is seemingly a lot more money waiting to be realized from those who purchased the old full self-driving package, the $3,000 full self-driving add-on package, uh, which was no doubt a lot of people. Uh, I'm one of them. Remember that the the old FSD package, that change uh, to from the old one to the new one, that only happened seven months ago. Full self-driving as a package in its original form was sold for about two and a half years or so. So there is probably a lot more money waiting to be counted on the books for that. And then the order backlog, that is so great to see. The backlog, think about this for a second. The backlog is going up, is getting bigger, despite production capacity going up as well. So that is just a really, really healthy sign for the business. All right, so this was the part of the call where Elon and the executive team fielded questions from retail investors and then the uh, sort of major, I don't know, I guess, institutional investors that were on the call. So the first question was about advertising. Elon was asked, is word of mouth sufficient for the time being? Yeah, what we're seeing is that uh, word of mouth is... Um appears to be more than enough to drive uh, our demand in excess of production. We have no plans to uh, advertise at this time. Uh, you know, I've always said at some point in the future that we, we may do advertising, not in the traditional sense, but more to just inform people and make sure that they are aware of the product, but not um, engage in the typical trickery that is, is commonplace in uh, advertising. We've heard Elon give his take on advertising before, but it's interesting to hear that his future advertising intentions are informational rather than, uh, I'm using air quotes here, salesy. (laughs) I wonder what exactly that means, honestly. Uh, I guess, well, to phrase that another way, I wonder what form the future advertising will take in terms of not only the medium, whether it's TV, internet, social media, all of the above, etc., but also the tone and the style of it, if it's going to be informational rather than 
salesy. But I guess whatever whatever advertising agency gets that contract with Tesla, uh, they're going to have an interesting challenge on their hands for sure. You know, probably I would imagine Elon and Tesla will not be like your typical client, uh, especially since Elon is you know wants this does not want to hoodwink anyone. The good news is they'll whatever advertising agency <laughs> has that task, they'll have great products to work with. Like the products sell themselves. It's just informing people that of said products existence and, uh, and why they're awesome. So that was advertising. Now, what about the energy side of the Tesla business? I know it's not my focus here. I'm, I'm a car enthusiast. I focus on the cars, but here's what Elon had to say about the future potential of Tesla energy. I think there's generally a, um, lack of, of understanding or appreciation for the growth of Tesla energy, as Canal was talking about. Um, in the long term, I expect Tesla energy to be of the same, uh, r- r- roughly the same size as Tesla's automotive uh, sector or business. Um, this is uh, this is the most underappreciated. I think it could be bigger, but it's certainly of, of a similar magnitude uh, Tesla solar meaning Tesla solar plus battery stuff uh, is uh, Tesla energy is is, is, I think the the least uh, appreciated element Um, and um, you know for the um, here part of it is like for for for, I don't know for about 18 months almost almost two years we had to divert a tremendous amount of resources or we had to basically take resources from every else everywhere else in the company and apply them to the Model 3 production, fixing, fixing the Model 3 production ramp and simplifying the design of Model 3. Um, so for about a year and a half, we unfortunately stripped uh, Tesla Energy of, of uh, engineering and other resources, uh, and, and even it, it took the, the cell production lines that were meant for Powerwall and Powerpack and, and redirect them to the car because we, um, we didn't have enough uh, cells. Um, now that we feel uh, that uh, Model 3 production is in, in, in a good place and headed to a great place, uh, we've um, uh, re- restored resources to Tesla solar and uh, storage, and uh, and and so we, that's going to be, uh, I think, really crazy growth for as far into the future as I can imagine. Um, and uh, but it, you know we we had, we had to do it because the, if we didn't solve Model Three, Tesla wouldn't survive. So um, unfortunately, that that shorted pretty much the other parts of the company. Um, but it, it would be difficult for me to uh, overstate the degree to which I think Tesla Energy is going to be a, a major part of Tesla's uh, activity in the future. Um, and and uh, I mean Tesla's mission from the beginning has been to accelerate the advent of sustainable energy. That means sustainable energy generation and sustainable uh, energy consumption in the form of uh, vehicles, electric, electric vehicles. Um, and I think one of the stats we'll publish in the future along with our uh, uh, vehicle production is that how much uh, sustainable energy Tesla produced or, or Tesla customers produced with our products. Um, and I think you'll see that we're producing uh, about the same, well, comparable amounts of, of sustainable energy as as are consumed in the car, in, in, in our cars. Because you know, the, the, for, for the longest time, the rebuttal against electric cars like, oh, or don't they use dirty power from 
coal? Well, well, no. We're 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 solar power, and that's the, obviously the solar power came from companies like that, not just Tesla, but um, you have to solve sustainable generation and sustainable consumption, um, and um, and that's what we're doing, and we'll do more of it. We've heard Elon say this before too, but I think it's something that not a lot of people, even me, I'll be honest, I'm a fanboy Tesla enthusiast, but even I don't think about this very often. The upside of the energy business is probably as high, if not higher, than the car side of the business. That is cool, and uh, it will be fun to watch that side of the business grow. Uh, full self-driving is also an area that could have a tremendous financial positive impact on the business. So uh, Elon was asked if Tesla might consider selling the full self-driving package features a la carte in order to kind of, uh, not skirt around, but, but kind of uh, deal with the largely European regulatory bodies that are, that are kind of impeding the full self-driving feature rollouts over there, uh, you know, and, and thus making people not have full value of the package that they're buying, at least for the time being. So here's Elon on that. Uh, I, th- I think we'll continue to sell it in a bundled fashion. I mean, th- any Tesla that you buy already has um, basic autopilot included. Uh, so I think that's, you know, that, that that really is a pretty major advantage relative to other cars. Uh, but I, I but then, and then the next step will be full self-driving, uh, with uh, with smart summon being kind of the beginning of that, um, and uh, you know, and, and, and obviously we, we kind of have the two sides of it: we're highway or pilot, and we've got summon, which is sort of low speed and, and parking lots and that kind of thing. Now we need to, to uh, and we're working on solving the, the intermediate portion, which is traffic lights and stop signs, um, and navigating through. Uh, Windy uh, roads in windy narrow roads in suburban neighborhoods. Um, that that's the folks right now. Um, and you're going to want it all. It's, it's yeah, it's something that everyone's going to want for sure. Okay. Now, as I said before, like, at the point at which we're able to um, upload the software enabling a Tesla to become um, a robo taxi. Uh, you know, tricks. You know, expect to have that from 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 a functionality standpoint by by the end of next year. The you know, in, in terms of it, but the functionality, so basic functionality, aspirationally end of this year, but reliable enough that you do not need to pay attention. In our opinion, by the end of next year, um, then we would need the, the acceptance by regulatory authorities will vary by jurisdiction. Uh, but that, that that transition, that that sort of flipping of the switch from a car that is uh, from from not robo taxi to robo taxi, I think will probably be the the biggest step change increase in asset value in history, by far. So let me say this: I believe in Elon Musk clearly. I mean, I'm a person that has done. 221 weeks in a row worth of podcasts about one of his companies. Uh, That probably says more about me than than it does about him. But the huge value increase in the cars that he's talking about once the robo-taxi stuff launches, whenever that is, 
that is still, that is the one thing that I just personally cannot wrap my head around yet. Even after hearing Elon say it a number of times now in various forums. Now, I'm not saying that I don't believe him. I'm saying that I just don't quite get it yet. But it was a good question about whether or not Tesla uh, would ever see, consider selling those full self-driving features a la carte uh, to, to sort of you know serve that European situation, as I was mentioning at the top. But yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, Elon says that that is going to remain a package deal. So uh, if you are a European listener of mine and your uh, local government or regulatory body is sort of part of the roadblock here, all I would say is if you want to try and help affect change, keep the polite and respectful civic pressure on your local or national regulators in order to uh, help advance Tesla's cause and get more of the full self-driving features unlocked and available in your territory. Uh, full, more full self-driving here. Here's a note. He was asked, well, is, is, uh, are you going to lower the price of full self-driving over time in order to drive more adoption of it? Here's his response to that. I don't think we're going to need to lower the price of FSD. Um, I expect the price of FSD to increase slowly um, as the, cap- the functionality and capability improve. Um, that's, uh, that, that is unchanged. Um, anything you want to add to that? Um, I, I mean, our, our cash gross margin is obviously is, is higher than our gap gross margin because of unrecognized revenue associated with FSD attach rates. So um, that, that's why there's, I think it's in the order of 600 million or in the order of half a billion. 500. Half a billion of uh, unrecognized revenue. Uh, so so if, you, if you were to in, include that, um, which, which will obviously be recognized as we um, release the uh, full self driving functionality, the actual gross margin that we're operating on, on a cash basis today is higher than the gap gross margin. Well, this got me thinking. I wonder what the full self driving package price's ceiling is going to be. Could it be $10,000 once we hit full level four go-to-sleep autopilot? Could it be more than $10,000? I mean, that's really all I have to say after that call. But uh, here up next, Elon was asked about another recent Tesla acquisition, DeepScale. Sure. The DeepScale is a very tiny company. Um, you know, it was, it's basically... Um, about 12 people, um, and it's uh, they have some expertise in increasing the, uh, um, the the efficiency of neural nets for a given amount of, of compute, uh, which I think is, is helpful. Um, so you know it remains to be seen, but the, the intent behind it, what was a, a very tiny acquisition um, was to uh, I think. The, or slightly accelerate FSD. Um, that, that's the intent, and hopefully that will t- turn out to be true. I really appreciate Elon's transparency here. He straight up admitted that it was a tiny acquisition that they thought could help them slightly accelerate the development and rollout of full self-driving. So let's hope that it does just that. 
Now here's more from Elon on what's going on at Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai. Yeah, we're, we're in trial production of Model 3, um, or um, basically sending cars through the, through the system, and um, the, we're, we're ramping rapidly. Um, we're expecting to hit volume production in, in a few months, essentially. Um, the, the second building is indeed for uh, battery and module production, um, and uh, there's probably going to be able to just probably see a bunch more construction beyond what, what's already there, because obviously we need to uh, build out facilities for Model Y production at, uh, in Shanghai as well. So volume production is 3,000 cars per week there. For Model 3, I would presume that Model Y production will probably be another 3,000 cars per week on top of that in due time, obviously. Now, if that were to be the case, that would be 6,000 total cars per week from China added on top of what's going to be I guess seven to 12,000 cars per week out of Fremont once the Model Y is in decent volume production. So that could put Tesla at around 20,000 cars per week by maybe the end of 2020, maybe sometime into 2021, which when you do the math, uh, usually the factory is shut down for a couple weeks a year for holidays and what have you, so 50 weeks. That is 1 million cars per year. And that, if my estimate is even remotely close, that's before Gigafactory 4 would come online in Europe and start making cars for that territory. So the future for Tesla is extremely bright. Now, a new part of Tesla's business is Tesla Insurance. If you're a new listener and haven't heard about this, Tesla recently launched their own car insurance specifically, obviously, for the Teslas. It's currently only available in California. And here is uh, Zach Kirkhorn on the developments and uh, future rollouts planned for Tesla insurance. Uh, so far, we've lost, uh, launched Tesla insurance in California. Uh, I have to say that I'm quite pleased by the results so far. The take rates, uh, as measured by quote-to-purchase conversion, are quite high by industry standards. And we expect that this will only increase um, as folks uh, understand the products better and uh, uh, receive some of the known price increases coming from some of the standard carriers that they'll come to us and, and look for an alternative. Um, there's a bunch of work happening behind the scenes on improving the product, particularly the purchase flow, to, to make sure it's the best product experience for our customers. And we're also working very hard to get other states lined up in the States, and then also um, to launch in some countries internationally. So we're not, we're not able to provide specific timelines on those changes, but we're definitely working as quickly as we can, um, given how well-received Tesla insurance has been in California. Yeah, I think it's, it also has a secondary effect of ensuring that uh, the third-party providers of insurance uh, are, provide reasonable rates to our customers. I completely agree. The goal here is not to have... Um, an outsized market share of insurance. It's just to make sure that uh, the customers have an alternative to other companies as well uh, if those rates are high. I mean, ultimately, what makes the most sense for a total cost of ownership perspective is for folks to have uh, good pricing on their insurance. Yes, exactly. 
Good news there for those of you outside of California who are interested in Tesla insurance. Sounds like Tesla is working hard on it, and hopefully more people will have it as an option pretty soon. And you know, I hadn't really thought about what Elon said there about the Tesla insurance rates helping serve as a check on Tesla insurance rates at traditional insurance companies. But I, I sure hope he's right about that. That would be good. if uh, So then it would end up having a benefit even if you don't sign up for Tesla insurance. Uh, all right. Next up, Elon Musk was asked about, well, what exactly does full self-driving feature complete that's you know expected around the end of the year? What does that mean? Yeah, by feature, compl- feature complete, I mean it's able. The car is able to drive from, um, uh, from one's house to to work, um, most likely without interventions. Um, so it will still be supervised, but it will it it will be able to uh, drive. Uh, the, um, it, it will fill in the gap from uh, low speed autonomy. Uh, you've got low-speed autonomy with some, you've got high-speed autonomy on the highway, and we need intermediate-speed autonomy, which really just means track lights and uh, stop signs. Um, so, um, uh, if feature complete means it's, able, it's, it's uh, most likely able to do that without intervention, without 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 uh, human intervention, but it would, it would still be supervised. Um, and, the, and I've gone through this timeline before, I think several times, but it is often um, misconstrued. Uh, that there's there's like there's there's the three major levels to autonomy. There's um, the car being able to be autonomous but requiring supervision at, and intervention at times. That's feature complete. Then there's um, uh, and and it doesn't mean like every scenario everywhere on earth, including every corner case. It means most of the time. Um, and uh, th- then there's an, a, another level which is that we think it's that from a Tesla standpoint, we think the car is safe enough to be driven without supervision. Then the third level would be that regulators are also convinced that the car can be driven um, autonomously without supervision. Those are three different levels. I like the way he described that. I had never thought about it that way before, I'll be honest. You know, it's that it's the middle ground between low-speed full self-driving, smart summon, and high-speed full self-driving, navigate on autopilot on the highway. I am really, really curious to see what that first full self-driving software rollout is going to be capable of. Just stop signs? Just stop lights? Both? More? Turns? And I don't know. So, sounds like it's going to be a few more months, although I'm sure once it does hit early access, even though that those people are under NDA, it, the early access new features always seem to get out and videos seem to get posted on the internet. So uh, we'll see what happens there in the next two to three months or so. All right, it is time for the good stuff. This thing really ended with a bang. Uh, let's talk now about the Cybertruck. Um, yeah, we, 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 we don't, I think we've said enough about the, the Tesla Cybertruck. We're not going to this is not the right forum for us to do product launches, um, but I think it'll be. We'll, we'll be. Uh, I mean, my 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 opinion, and this could be totally wrong. It could be totally out to lunch here, but uh, I think the Tesla Cybertruck is our best product ever. 
That's my opinion. I will tell you that I am not sure that I have ever seen Tesla more tight-lipped about a product. Other than the Roadster, which was kept completely secret, including from 99% of the people in the company itself until it rolled off the back of that Tesla semi-truck. But but with the, the Cybertruck, Franz wouldn't give me anything about it. Elon won't say anything else. Uh, I, I think that they're just in communications lockdown right now until that unveiling next month. Um, but I would, I would also presume that they either kind of huddled up and, and discussed it and thought, well, let's, we want the headlines coming out of this earnings call to be about our great financial news and Model Y rather than have the headlines all be about about the truck. But you notice, though, Elon still couldn't help himself. He was asked, and he, he said, well, you know, this isn't the forum for it, but I think it's the best thing we've ever done. So he still couldn't help himself, which that's one thing I love about him. He's, he speaks his mind, uh, even when, you know, from a, from a business perspective, maybe he shouldn't. But it was a fun comment there. We should be, I mean, it's it's October 25th as I write this, as I write this, my goodness, as I record this. So uh, we should be should be T-minus one month or slightly less from the reveal of the Cybertruck. All right. The last clip I have for you is uh, about five minutes long, and it is uh, – what it what is for me personally and probably for for those of you who are current Tesla owners this is probably the biggest news of the call um you know the model y being ahead of schedule is is also the big news out of this but um take a listen to this and do listen carefully because there is a lot to unpack from this call but again the news is all good the Model S and X are, are are really niche. They're really niche products. I mean, they're they're very expensive, made in low volume. Um, to be totally frank, we're keep we're, we're we're continuing to make them more for sentimental reasons than anything else. They're 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 really of of minor importance to the future. Okay, that makes sense. And then my question. They're, they're great cars. Sorry, I mean, the Model S, I think, is by is, if if you want to. Uh, I mean, it, the Model S literally won Motor Trend's best car ever in history. By the way, I, I think uh, if some if if you're out there and, and you're buying and and, you, and you're standby and you, and you don't buy a Model S, you I think you've just made a mistake. Uh, to be totally frank, um, it's incredible, especially the new one with the uh, you know variable damping suspension. Uh, Hospital operating room, HEPA filter for air purification, uh, the the Raven powertrain. Uh, which it, it's, it's the fastest car in the world, um, and and it's just it's so easy to drive. It makes you feel like Superman driving that car. It's incredibly safe. Um, you know, it's just uh, an amazing vehicle. And then Model S, I think, is like the Fabergé egg of cars. Uh, I mean, the Model X. Model X is like the Fabergé egg of cars. Um, you know, it's. Um, I mean, that's why so many art, uh, artists and musicians uh, buy the cards. This is a, this is an art piece, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just that I agree. They're absolutely phenomenal cards. 
um, and we are increasing production on um, on our SNX lines for this quarter in response to increasing demand. And so I, I think part of the story here is, you know, as we've launched ramped and stabilized Model 3, that's kind of consumed a lot of the attention around the company. But now that as that has stabilized, we're able to focus our attention and balance that between SNX and Model 3. And so the, the delivery numbers in Q3 uh, understated the interest in the product for that quarter. Uh, and we continue to see strength in the order rate, which uh, we anticipate will be reflected in SNX deliveries in Q4. Yeah, I mean, the Model S, um, basic Model S at this point has a range of 370 miles. Actually, technically it's 373, but we actually certified it incorrectly <laughs> as 370, but it's 373. Um, and there are some software improvements that we think will make that even better. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, we're also expecting that there's going to be an over-the-air uh, improvement uh, that, that will improve the uh, power of the Model S, X, and 3. That's, uh, by, by the way, it's just it's coming in, in a few weeks. Um, it should be on the order of 5% um, uh, power improvement uh, due to um, improved firmware. Drew, do you want to say anything on that? Uh, yeah, we just continue to learn how to optimize the motor control in, in our products. And yeah, yeah, so 5% improvement for all Model 3 uh, customers and 3% uh, for S and X. Yeah, and there's also the, the single pedal driving Yep. Uh, that's that will improve the range as well. Mm -hmm. um, Very excited about that. It's gonna. It's an improvement in comfort and feel. Uh, the, yeah, it's just makes it, it's easier to drive and it improves the range. Yes. Um, and faster supercharging. Oh, and faster supercharging for uh, yeah. standard range and standard range plus customers, which is a, a big deal. Yeah, it's this. I don't think there's ever been a situation in history where you buy a car and it gets way better over time just due to software. Like not a little bit better, but a lot. Uh, this, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, as a customer myself, I I, I enjoy these updates. I always look forward to them. <laughs> yeah, it might might move the Model S range to almost through 380 or through high 370s um, with with the update. And we're not stopping to work there. We will continue working on their yeah. developments. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Pierre, did you have a follow-up question? Yeah, yeah, just a quick one on uh, on the Model Y. So, it'll, uh, I was wondering if you what you've learned with uh, SNX makes you think maybe when you launch uh, Model Y, you'll have some cannibalization of demand on the Model Three, and have you started to think about that and uh, and uh, how to approach it? No, I don't think we're not expecting to see uh, cannibalization of Model Three. One's a sedan, one's a SUV. Yeah, the best comparison we have for that is when we launched Model X, when we had Model S at the time. Yeah, and Model S sales increased. Yeah, and it, it was, it, we didn't see any cannibalization there. The, the opposite. Yeah. Uh, like, yes. When we launched Model X, Model S sales increased. So, again, this for me was the megaton news item out of this, along with the Model Y being ahead of schedule. Uh, this now will be the second over-the-air power boost that I have gotten in my Performance Model 3 for free, mind you, since I took delivery of my car about 15 months ago. 
and this is coming for everyone, 5% for Model 3, 3% for S and X. Uh, I cannot wait to get this. I'm gonna charge up my draggy speed measurement tool that I bought when I got my car, and as soon as that update lands, I'm gonna charge my car to 100%, and I am gonna head out to my secret flat spot that I know I can go and safely do zero to 60 runs. Uh, now, the Performance Model 3, if you're curious, when that car launched, I had I, I had it, was one of the first ones to get it. I was very fortunate since I'd had my reservation forever. When it came out, it was, it was rated at 3.5 seconds, zero to 60, with no one foot rollout. Now they've started measuring with the, with the one foot rollout. It was 3.3 with the rollout. And then when we got the first free power update over the air, it went down to 3.4 with no rollout, 3.2 with a rollout. So presumably we can expect the performance model three to touch about 3.3 seconds, zero to 60 with no rollout. And it might be down around 3.1 with a one foot rollout. That's pretty crazy. I mean, that's, that's like P85D territory. When, when that, that car was, you know, that was what, a hundred, $120,000 car just three or so years ago. And now the, the $65,000, $68,000 performance Model 3 is doing the same thing. And again, I love that all of the Model 3s will be getting this along with the aforementioned 3% boost for the, by the way, already super powerful Model S and Model X. This is awesome. Also, as Elon mentioned, the regenerative braking tweak with the single pedal driving. So uh, that's that'll uh, help things out. That'll that'll be fun because I love regenerative braking. I don't know about you guys. I I have uh, I have wanted a heavier, like a, a more intense regen setting. The current settings in the car in the Model Three are normal and low. You can turn it down. I would like to turn it up, and it looks like that that this update is going to do exactly that. So, uh, you know, you heard me talking at the beginning of the podcast about the the standard range plus getting boosted to 250 miles of EPA-rated range and how that was not coming through hardware. And so you heard the explanation there, motor control uh, and, and software and this the single pet, the uh, regenerative braking tweak. So... This should be the update, I suspect, that will push the standard range plus's EPA-rated range to 250 miles. And by the way, I don't know if you caught it, because I confess I missed this the first time I listened to the clip. I think it's because I was personally so excited to hear about the power update. But the standard range plus, for those of you who have that car, will, uh, with this update coming up, be able to supercharge at a faster rate as well. That is awesome news. Again, I've used the word awesome a lot this podcast, but uh, it, for good reason. You know, we knew we knew that the uh, Standard Range Plus couldn't get the full 250 kilowatt charge uh, from a V3 supercharger. So I'm curious what exactly this update will mean. Where is it going to land as far as the peak supercharging rate. So just again, to throw out some more superlatives, just 
tremendous, amazing, spectacular news here for the entire fleet. I'm, I'm completely wowed by this call, by this earnings report from the, the profitability side, from the Model Y uh, moving forward on its production calendar to this power update. I mean, this is, this is just awesome all around. Now, you may, when I set that clip up, saying, oh, stay tuned, this is this, they really went out with a bang. And then Elon starts talking about how the S and the X are, are not important to the, to the business, the future of the business, and that they're only still made for sentimental reasons. You're probably like, Ryan, what, what are you, what happened? What, what do you, did you play the wrong clip? But uh, no, he, Elon, what's funny about that is you heard Elon kind of try to walk it back there by bringing up the motor trend car of forever comment and then and then Zach jumped in and tried to walk it back a bit too. And you know, I'll say this, I I wish Elon hadn't said that because even if he actually feels that way, which clearly he does, the S and the X do matter. Keep making them better. And and it just has this this effect on the market, you know, the, the Model S came in. If you are, are newer to the world of Tesla, to either as an owner or to as an enthusiast, the Model S came in, and I've been here chronicling this week by week since that car came out, uh, or I guess not since the car came out, but I've been watching it and, and doing this podcast for the last four years. The Model S has, has slowly but surely eaten the lunch of every other car in its class. Every other car, the Mercedes S-Class, the BMW 7 Series, the, uh, the Audi A8, all have had their lunch completely eaten by the Model S. And, and when you know, those customers get into a Model S, the people that are in the you know, premium sedan market, well, guess what? That has an effect uh, of the, then they want to either maybe buy a Model X to replace their family SUV, or they get a Model 3 for maybe their kids or, or you know, or what have you. And so other people in the family, or they, they spread the word. So the S and the X, they're not a halo car by the traditional definition of it. And certainly the, the new Tesla Roadster will become that in the Tesla lineup, the, the ultimate halo car. But in my opinion, the S and the X are halo cars in a real-world practical sense today, and that will only become more true next year when the Plaid Mode Model S comes out, because it's going to do incredible things to that car in the performance department and be just even more amazing of a performance premium sedan, so... Elon, do not, <laughs> do not uh, give up hope and enthusiasm in the in the S and the X. And I'm not saying he has, but um, anyway, there's my thoughts on that. So to recap, in a few weeks, uh, which which uh, should mean before the end of the year, when we when we factor in a little Elon time there, uh, we are getting a better version of Smart Summon soon, and we are getting uh, enhanced single pedal driving, regenerative braking features soon, and we are getting more power. Oh, oh, oh. Just <laughs> cue cue uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement. More power again. Again! The second power boost since the Model 3 has been out, 
it's just amazing. I, again, I want to say, I, again, I, I'm a, I'm a self-admitted, fully embracing fanboy and enthusiast of Tesla. I love, I just, I love, love, love my car. I love this company. I love their mission and uh, their products. And I love how they go about their business of making the cars more fun, adding Cuphead, adding, you know, games, uh, adding a web browser, adding all this stuff. You know, the way they approach their mission of, you know, the mission is, is the critical thing, right? Accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. But the way they go about it of, of having as much fun as possible along the way in their products, I just cannot get enough. I adore it. I love it. That's why it's this kind of stuff that just fuels me to do this, this podcast week after week is I, I am just, I, I got, I'm always enthusiastic about Tesla, but I just had an enthusiasm spike this week. I could just feel it. It just, it's so much fun. What a great week of Tesla news. Uh, that is everything from the earnings call, but I'm not quite done yet. If you'd like to stick around, I've got a little bit more podcast for you. I'm going to come right back and tell you about a, a very, very adventurous last couple of weeks that I have had for good and for bad, uh, in my car. Stay tuned for that. Plus a pro tip of the week and then some parting thoughts for you right after this. All right, I got to tell you this story real quick. If you've been a listener for a while, you know that in the uh, year and change that I have had my Model 3, I have practically been cursed as far as tires go. I have had four nails, which of course have, have gone two into two tires, which has necessitated the replacement of two tires. They, they couldn't have been spread out so that they could just be each patched once. No, I've had to replace two tires due to nails. Thank you, San Francisco. Uh, well, I had <laughs> my luck, my tire luck got worse very recently. So it was before last week's show with, uh, with Franz von Holzhausen. I was coming back from Las Vegas my, I, my, my wife and daughter and I had gone to Vegas just for the day. We left in the morning, came back in the, uh, in the, the last flight home in the, the late evening. My, uh, my, I have an aunt who lives in Las Vegas. She was turning 70 and having a, a big family get-together. So a lot of us flew in to celebrate that with her. So it was a great day, had a great time. We get home. All the flights are on time. Everything's good. I had parked the car at the airport because it was cheaper to just park it for the day than it was to take Ubers to and from. So I was like, yeah, just, and it's quicker and easier to just, you know, when you're trying to get to the airport real early in the morning. Anyway, so it's, it's about 9.50, almost 10 p.m. at night. We're coming out of the San Francisco airport, heading north, back towards San Francisco. And I'm, uh, I've got my signal on, I'm merging over. So when you, when you come out of there, You've got to get over twice in order to get out of uh, to get out of exit only lanes. So I merge over the first one, and then I'm merging the second time, and 
you know, just a, a sm- it was, I was manually driving. I hadn't engaged autopilot yet. I usually do that once I'm sort of got my course locked and, and set. So I'm moving over casually, gently, nothing aggressive, nothing like that. Family's in the car. And then I hear two loud consecutive bang noises, just very loud, unpleasant, you know, and we felt it too, for sure. And I, I knew right away it was a pothole and, and seemingly it was two potholes. And sure enough, uh, I thought, oh gosh, that's bad. And two seconds later, the, the TPMS on the, on the model three screen went off tire pressure, zero pull over immediately. So I signal and I'm, I'm gently, I'm moving over to the shoulder, pull over, call roadside. I, you know, get out of the car, take a look. Sure enough, the, the, the front right and rear right tires blown. Uh, and, and we are there, we are not getting home without a tow truck. So I, I dial up Tesla roadside who, who answered promptly. And, uh, the, and so they said, uh, they you know said okay we'll get a tow truck out and then they a, a text came through a few minutes later that said it might be 80 minutes to get a tow truck out to you it's late saturday night so okay i under, there's nothing i can do about it anyway so but then i i remembered i have to tell you i remembered that wait a second we've got netflix now in the car <laughs> I've got because if it if it were just me, I might I don't know, I might have taken out my phone, checked email, I don't know, gone on social media. But like I've got my wife, my daughter. I'm like, wait a second, we've got Netflix. We're on the side of the road, and this is horrible. And I'm really hoping I've got two blown tires. I'm really, really hoping like that's bad enough. But in my head, I'm going, please don't let the rims be bent or cracked. Please don't let the rims be damaged. So waiting for the tow truck. We've got what we're expected to, to, to be is a long wait. So I fire up Netflix and we're just looking around and we, we find, okay, well, what's a family friendly movie we can watch? Oh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which my daughter and I had actually seen. I took her to go see it when it was out in the theater. Wife hadn't seen it. And I was like, I was happy to watch it again. My daughter was happy to watch it again. We put that on. So we're sitting there with our, our hazard lights on on the side of the road, cars whizzing by in a, you know, we're, we're in a roadside emergency situation, not emergency, but you know, we're, we're stuck on the side of the road and we're just, we're all just having a good time just watching my, my daughter moved over from her, from her, uh, you know, passenger side rear seat. She, she moves over to the middle. And so she's got a good look at the screen. My wife and I are watching from the front seats. And the three of us, we, we had family movie night on the side of Highway 101 <laughs> watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was great. Like, it was just like, you know, what other car? This, this just, you know, this wouldn't be like this in any other car. We just, I'd be like, I'd be stewing in my own frustration and, and, uh, and anxiety about the wheels and now we're just so we're just sitting there watching Netflix and it was great and then the tow truck driver showed up uh well before 80 minutes probably I don't know 40 45 minutes something like that and to his credit awesome tow truck driver really really nice guy uh that, that was the first time my model 3 has ever been towed and hopefully the last so uh I was concerned cuz there's a tow mode on the car 
which I went and and I was like, oh, let me turn this on, and and I guess it, it sort of I guess frees up the wheels or you know whatever it does to to tell the car that it's you know it's being towed, and right on there it's like, oh, don't you you can't you know tow hook this thing. You've got a flatbed it, and the guy I'm like he showed up with a a not flatbed. I'm like, um, are we, should we be doing this? That says right here, you shouldn't do it. And, but no, he had, he had dollies to, to get the back wheels off the ground. So it was all good. This guy professional knew exactly what he was doing. And he was great. He turned out, turned out he was a car guy. Well, is a car guy. He was telling me about a couple cars he's got at home and other, he was telling me stories about Ferraris that he's towed and some, some just really, really nice guys. Actually, he was so nice. He gave us a ride home because he lived a few exits uh, away from us. So super nice guy. He didn't leave us at, because uh, I had to get towed. We got it towed. Thankfully, Tesla Burlingame is right near the San Francisco airport. So I had it towed over there. And it, and yeah, I guess tow truck drivers have a, have a key code to get into the like gated area where the cars are stashed. So the, the car was safe and secure because this was Saturday night and the uh, the Tesla Burlingame didn't open until, or service didn't open until Monday morning. So I was going to be without the car for the rest of the weekend. But so yeah, he, he took us there and you know I dropped my key card in the slot at Tesla. And then yeah, he was so nice. He gave us a ride home. Really, really nice guy. And so then I get the call First thing Monday morning to Tesla Berlin Games credit, they call me up and and I say so they they you know just kind of go over what's going on and I said you know I'm just just hoping hoping so much that the rims aren't damaged you know let me know obviously and then I said uh, I told him well you know one other thing is I had uh, I had to replace a tire I, I went and looked it up I had to replace a tire f- only four thousand miles ago due to nails. So if it turns out that, that you have, you know, you've, you have to replace, you put two new tires on and then there's a, a third tire that's only 4,000 miles old and then one older tire. Well, then I'll probably want to just go ahead and do three tires instead of two so that it's, you know, four pretty new tires on the car, three brand new ones and one pretty new one. So I get the call a little while later and of course, what has happened? The new, the newish tire, the four thousand mile old tire, was one of the two destroyed by the pothole. So I was left with two blown out tires and two older tires. They told me they were they were down to uh, six thirty seconds, which you know not t- technically time to replace, but you know I said, oh, that sounds like there'll probably only be maybe four or five thousand miles left, and you know, on the performance model three, and he, the, the gentleman on the phone from. Tesla goes, yeah, if that. So I made the decision. I did all four new tires, um, which obviously stung the wallet quite a bit. Now, hopefully, uh, the, tow, the tow truck driver, as part of his awesomeness, told me that he had something similar happen once and that apparently you can, at least in California, you can file a claim with the state to, to reimburse you for that damage. Cause obviously the pothole clearly caused it. And I, I did think in the moment, uh, as after it happened, I said, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta take this USB stick with me and find the footage. And sure enough, I had the dash cam footage of exactly when and where exactly where, when and where the tire blowout, blowout happened. And, and that it was, you could see two potholes. 
So that's uploaded to my Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan, if you'd like to see that. I, I did it, set it up on my phone so that I could like you play it and then rewind it back and then and then play it again. So if you want to see that, check it out. But uh, so yeah, a very expensive, unscheduled trip to Tesla service. But hopefully, uh, my claim with the state reimburses me for the two tires that blew out. I actually in on my claim form, I included a link. I uploaded the video the raw video to my Google Drive uh, and set it to share and then put a link to that on my claim form. So they can they can look at the footage and see that it was there's like indisputable evidence that it was these potholes that that caused the problem. So keep your fingers crossed for me on that. But yeah, that was a very it was a, a terribly unpleasant situation. Thankfully we we're all safe. Like the car the car handled fine. You know, there was nothing unsafe about, like I was able to really easily pull the car over. So, um, that, that's the ultimate good news is we were not in danger of this. Uh, we were able to just get safely to the side of the road, but, oh, I just, I'm really hoping that I get all of my bad road hazard karma out of the way with the, <laughs> like, I'm, and then it's, uh, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know what how to explain this, but it is what it is, and there's nothing you can do about it, you know. But thanks, thank you, Tesla, for having Netflix in the car, so that my family and I were able to not only stay calm and chill through this, but actually we had a good time. As crazy as that sounds, we had a good time. Now, what was also a good time? One other thing. I know I'm talking for way too long here. You probably want to get to the end of the show. I just want to mention, I had my installation this week, just a couple days ago, of my Powerwall, which I received because of the referral program from late last year, last summer and fall. So I want to say thank you all so much for uh, using my referral code last year and making that possible. Uh, I'm stoked to have it installed. It uh, Now, a common question I, that I have received about this since posting on on Instagram about it is about solar and the answer no you you don't need to have solar to have a and use a power wall now that's obviously the intended and ideal use case for power wall is to pair it with solar so that it's you know you're taking your solar energy during the day stashing that in the in the power walls and then deploying that back out overnight but uh, in my case, it is serving. It is going to serve as a battery backup system, of which the timing couldn't be better because, as I've uh, talked about on recent shows, and you may have heard in the news, if uh, potentially, the local utility company PG&E Pacific Gas and Electric has been doing and is planning, as of uh, me recording this this weekend, to do another voluntary power shutoff that will affect. A whole lot of people. I don't. I haven't heard any word that I will be affected. San Francisco was unaffected in the last one, so I'm not sure. But in any case, um, they've been doing voluntary power shutoffs because of high winds, and they they want to minimize risk of sparking of literally sparking a wildfire. So this power wall, uh, which I have, uh, I now have due to the the good graces of of you, my audience, is now uh, it's now backup in in the event of power outages, be, be they 
uh, instigated by the power company themselves or by, you know, unintended situations. So very, very stoked about that. I want to say thank you, by the way, to Dennis and Raul, who were my installers. They worked really hard. It, it, they were here for a good, I mean, it's, it's an all-day job, and they were here a good seven or so hours doing, doing the work and getting it done. Uh, so I really want to, to say thank you to them. Though they're the two of them, I got to say super nice guys. They hadn't, so they, they were very nice. The, 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 both of them, they complimented my model three cause I had it parked out front while they were working in the garage and they, they both said, Oh, is it the, is this the performance? And I said, yeah, yeah. It's a, neither one of them had been in. I don't think they'd been in any model three, but definitely not a performance. So I said, well, Hey, what? When you guys are done, if you want, you know, you might want to go. If you want to go home, I totally understand. But if you'd like to go for a ride, I'm happy to take you out for a ride. And the, they just lit up, and I knew that they they were, you know, they weren't just being nice. Like they they wanted to check the car out. So, I mean, I love the opportunity to share this car and share the enthusiasm that that it generates for me. And I've already shared it with everyone in my my, my personal life and perfect, like people at work, people in my you know, family, friends. So this, I, I was ex- as excited as they were, cause I was just excited to show it to them. So they finish up and I said, okay, let's, let's go. And, uh, there's a, again, there's a nice flat, safe, empty space, not too far away. So I took them over there and I, and they both, they both, I didn't say anything. They both took out their phones to record. And I said, okay, I'm going to launch this thing. Are you ready? And and <laughs> counted them down, and uh, I hope they post the video sometime. It, uh, Dennis, if you're listening to this, uh, email me teslapodcast at gmail.com. Actually, you have my phone number too. Send me the video. I would love to see it. But anyway, they they were they had the same reaction that we've all had the first time you slam that accelerator pedal in a Tesla. They were just giddy like kids, just a, you know that that childlike glee, and it's it was just it was so much fun for me to share that, and they they came back smiling. Raul was like when they were when they were finally getting ready to leave, you know, because we talked for a bit after. He was like, "Man, I still feel it in my stomach, like in a good way, not in a like nauseated way." Like, it, so that was really really fun. And yeah, it just turned into a, a really great, a really great uh, thing. Great, great day for me, and and uh, I just appreciate their work, and I appreciate uh, you know my my audience using my referral code last year to to make that Powerwall possible. And I found out uh, just like you can name your Tesla, you can name your Powerwall. So I chose to name it. Now, if you're familiar, my car I named the Spirit of Adventure, it in in the spirit of Pixar's Up, which is my favorite Pixar film, and I just love, you know, the 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 you know the little sort of catchphrase within the film is "Adventure is out there," and that's I always just I love that. I feel like that that is how I think about my Tesla that I'm so lucky to have, and I you know I planned and saved and waited so long for, and it's like yes, adventure is out there. Let's go. So my car is named the Spirit of Adventure. So I thought, well, let's see, what do I want to name the Powerwall? I'm going to name it The Power of Adventure. So you can take it either in the literal sense, the figurative sense, and I thought that was fun. So yes, my Powerwall has a name, and it is The Power of Adventure. So 
That was my very adventurous last couple of weeks with my car and in my garage. So uh, with that, let me give you the pro tip of the week before I get out of here. This comes from uh, Jerome up in Lake County here in Northern California about a braking feature of all Teslas. Go ahead, Jerome. Hey, Ryan, it's Jerome up in Northern California, Lake County. I wanted to offer a pro tip. It's something that I recently found out through Twitter, how to activate. I knew it existed. I just didn't know how to activate it. And that's the hold feature on the car. I have a Model S and I was in drive through at Starbucks and didn't know how to activate the hold. I had done it a couple times by accident, but I didn't know how to do it on purpose. So somebody told me that uh, once you have come to a complete stop with your foot on the brake pedal, depress it two inches more and that should activate hold. You'll see an icon appear in the dashboard. It's very helpful, uh, especially if you have creep activated, which I love. And it works great in drive throughs and a couple other instances, um, especially hills like in San Francisco. So maybe somebody out there is going to be blown away like I was because of the usefulness. And I use it now multiple times a day. All right. Good job with the uh, podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Yes, indeed, Jerome. I use this one every single day myself, pretty much any time I'm at a red light, not even on a hill. If I'm just at a light that I know I'm going to be at for a minute, I'll hit the hill hold because, hey, I figure there's no point in holding my foot on the brake when you can just let the car do it. Uh, and yeah, this is this is definitely more useful to those of us who are creep users. I am one as well. Don't judge me. I, I need it here in San Francisco. Thank you, Jerome. All right. Uh, let me just do a couple quick plugs before I hit the road. Uh, first, abstractocean.com. They are a, a wonderful source for all kinds of Tesla accessories, tempered glass screen protectors, various uh, textured kits for uh, wrapping your center console if you don't want that piano black fingerprint prone, scratch prone center console. You can do a nice DIY wrap, make it, give it a nice, clean, different look, whether, you know, I know like a lot of people with the white interior are just doing the white wrap, you know, kind of a, a matte or satin white finish on there, uh, which I think looks really nice. They got a bunch of different ones. So just take a look at what they've got over at abstractocean.com. And I mention that because there is a discount code that they have kindly offered for, for it's for first time purchasers. So Pile up your cart, everything you want to grab, and then use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your very first order. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, just a tremendous, what a talented detailer Jeff is. Uh, he does great work here in the Bay Area. If you're in the Bay Area, if you're taking delivery of your Tesla here, you're going to be up here with your car and you want some really high quality, professional, honest detailing work done to your car, whether that's just a, a nice clay bar, wash wax, just like a deep clean, he can do that for you. If you want to do a paint protection film, which I personally highly recommend because, again, I've said this before, the front end of every Tesla is paint. You know, every other car on the market, there's a big air intake, a grill, you know, not as much painted surface. But on a Tesla, it's all paint. So rocks that on other cars 
would hit grill and would never, you know, you never really notice damage on a Tesla that's going to chip paint. So uh, if you want to do the paint protection film on at least the front end of the car, you can get $100 off of that right now by mentioning Ride the Lightning when you talk to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections or uh, same thing on paint correction. If you want to get the, you know, little factory flaws taken out of your paint, really get your paint cleaned up, uh, making it look per as perfect as it possibly can, there's that's $100 off of that. It's an either-or, $100 either-or there. However, on the paint protection film, if you do the whole car, if you do the whole body paint protection film, Immaculate Reflections is offering $250 discount there. If you are an active or retired military uh, member, Present your military ID for an additional discount. Learn more at Immaculate Reflections website, which is irdetailing.com. Meanwhile, uh, I am on Patreon. If you know the number one way you can support the podcast is Patreon. That is uh, what really helps keep me going. Uh, it is it is extremely helpful to me and my family. If you choose to support me on there, now I realize support is earned, not given. So if you're a new listener, hey, not not saying you, you even you should or, or have, <laughs> you know, you, you need to, to hop on that Patreon right away. I mean, it's always going to be voluntary. I, there's no, there's nothing locked behind a wall as far as this, the, the core show goes. But if, if, a, if a point comes when you're listening to this podcast where you feel like that I have earned your support and you'd like to choose to do that, whether that's now, whether that's in a month from now, whatever the case may be. Anyway, all I'd ask is that you take a look at my Patreon page. There are some different tiers there you can support at that do get do each have uh, little perks attached to them. So my Patreon page can be found at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All one word, Tesla podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, or Instagram, same handle for both. The handle is DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, my email address, if you'd like to get in touch via email, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And then I uh, also want to mention as well, if you are a Model 3 owner and you are in the market for a wireless charging pad for your Qi-capable wireless charging smartphone, you can. Uh, you, they've got that at Jada. They've also got a very slick USB hub that adds some additional USB ports to your Model 3, including USB-C ports. Uh, my favorite feature that I, I mention it like every time here, it's there is a, a a dummy door behind which you can you can hide and plug in your USB stick for your dash cam. So, heaven forbid if anybody ever breaks into your car and has the smarts to go, I'm going to steal the memory stick so that they can't get the video of this. They're going to have a real hard time of it because the Jada, the Jada USB hub fits flush in there against the back wall of the, the center console, or I guess front wall would be the proper way to say it. Uh, and there's a, a like sort of a fake door there that's magnetized. Odds are no one's ever going to get in there unless unless because uh, you're going to be the only one that knows <laughs> that knows about that. So if you're interested in ordering either or both of the wireless charging pad and or the USB hub, I would greatly appreciate it if you would use my referral link because full transparency, 
Jada will throw me a few bucks from each sale as a thank you for me referring you over there. I've got both products. I'm very happy with them. I had bought the uh, the wireless charging pad, and then they were nice enough to send me the, the USB hub. So uh, I think they're great. They're, they both look like factory Tesla items, which is, I, I, I don't, that's how I like my aftermarket stuff to look, is totally original. So uh, anyway, the link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight, and Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. Uh, let's see. Oh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, if you're you know new listener and you're thinking, hey, I like this show, I want to hear more about Tesla every week, well, I will be here for you, and you can subscribe for free on any of your favorite podcast services so that the show pushes out to you automatically each week whenever there's a new episode, which, by the way, is every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. You can subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Note that Google Play is no longer officially supported. If you're still using that, I've had some people here and there mention that to me that, anyway, long story short, Google's trying to push you to Google Podcasts, and the feed of this podcast and presumably many others is behind on Google Play because I guess Google's not really paying attention to that anymore. Anyway, uh, I'm also on Stitcher. I'm on TuneIn, which is in your Tesla. So if you go under, if you search and uh, under the podcast section in your car uh, and just type in Ride the Lightning Tesla, you will find this podcast. You can listen to it there. I'm on Spotify as well, which of course Spotify is also in your car now. And YouTube. You can uh, subscribe and get me on YouTube. It is just the audio. It's There is no video of this. Uh, there's no, yeah, you just see a, a guy in his pajamas uh, with a sleeping dog next to him. That's not really interesting video to look at. So, uh, but yeah, if you do want to consume the podcast on YouTube, again, just search it out and you will find my channel. Finally, I want to say a big thank you to all of the Patreon producers, the very, very kind and generous folks that are supporting me at the producer tier, which means they get uh, a bonus episode every month made up of all the extra Ride the Lightning phone calls that I can't get to during the regular weekly shows. Now, you're probably wondering, if you're a new listener, what phone calls? Didn't have them last week with the... With the uh, <laughs> the Franz interview didn't have him this week with the big earnings call episode, but it is a regular staple of the show. You can call in. I'll tell you more about that when I get back to the calls, uh, which should be next week. But anyway, there's a, a, all the extra phone calls get turned into a bonus episode for, for Patreon uh, backers at a certain tier. There's early access to every week's episode and the producer tier folks get their name shouted out. And this is them. Uh, thank you to my newest Patreon producer, Stig Mickey Jensen. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Uh, and I want to say a big thank you and hello also to Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, 
Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, and EV Tricity UK. Thank you all very, very much for your kind and generous and continuing support. It really does mean a lot to me. Cause uh especially I just <laughs> I just had a giant tire expense. Very unexpected. Oh my goodness. Uh, All right, I've been talking for way too long. Big show this week. The earnings call episodes are always longer than the regular week. Usually I'm about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, 60 to 75 minutes each week. I know I'm, I'm well past that this week, but there was so much to cover, so much good stuff. Hope you enjoyed the show. And alongside Daisy the Boxer Puppy, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back next week, every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. I mean, I think a Tesla it's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.